cliffcentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and cliffcentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law, like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of Life on cliffcentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotlelo. Welcome, Lions. Dumela, Gary, and Dumela to our podcasters and to our guests today. Today we're talking about a very emotive subject. It's about residential evictions. Sure. Yeah, as we all know, Lions, evictions are ugly and after all, who really wants to see poor families and their meager possessions thrown onto the pavement, which is what happens. On the other hand, uh, we have landlords that are paying bond interest and Mm. rates and taxes and expenses and utilities through their backsides, may I say. And uh, if they don't collect their rent, then they're in trouble. It's a catch-22 situation. It's a balancing, a a very neat balancing act between landlord and tenant. Certainly. The the issue here, Lines, is that there are strict laws in place Mm -hmm. on how evictions must be done. And joining me today is specialist property law attorney, specifically on evictions. Her name is Elise LaRue. She's a director at a law firm. Uh, which is sslr.co.za, sslr.co.za. Welcome, Elise. Good day, everyone. Thank you very much, Louise. Uh, before we start, are you married to LaRue, uh, Advocate LaRue? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. Not personal lines. The questions we're going to answer today have been posted by some of the 110,000 members of Legal Talk SA. And if you haven't checked out that web page, which is linked to a Facebook page, do yourself a favor and have a look. And you'll see there's a need for the thousands of South Africans to get more legal knowledge. And sometimes the questions that are posted there need a more detailed answer, which we're able to give on the show. So I've linked up with Ray Green of Legal Talk South Africa, and we give the more detailed and, and verbal and oral explanations uh, to the questions that are posted As always we are groundbreaking And making it a point that the legal shows Are actually not intimidating And are just friendly with information Well the, done Gary. Yeah, I think this link up with Legal Talk And ourselves at Cliff Central Is proving to be extremely beneficial Because as you know Cliff Central today is the biggest podcaster in Africa With millions of podcasts Being do- downloaded from the Cliff Central site And this uh, enables you to download a show And listen to what you really want to hear True. when when it suits you wherever and whenever Certainly. that's why it's working modern technology yeah all please also have a look at our uh, facebook page the laws of life with gary hertzberg give us a like and uh, our email address if you want to write to us it's law law at cliffcentral.com line do you want to give out the twitter handle the twitter handle is at heads law uh, h-e-r-t-z-l-a-w and our WhatsApp number is 079-748-2090, 079-748-2090. I know the founder of uh, Legal Talk South Africa, Ray Green, is listening. So, Ray, he's here as Ian for you. It's going to be in Afrikaans. We'll translate it. Good day, everyone. Mag jou landlord jou dreig en terrorize en somme net jou plek adverteer en somme net uitgooi. 
as jy nie achter is op jou hier nie. Oeh, Maar jy is wel achter op jou wat en lichte, waarvan jy geen bewys het nie. Maar net a WhatsApp that's calling for 1900 rand and for a one one bedroom place. So this person's very upset about it. Can the landlord just scope her out? Is dit wettig en wat staan my te doen as dit nie wel die geval is nie? So um, she's paid her rent up to date, Paula, but she hasn't paid her water and lights because she doesn't know the amount and she just gets a WhatsApp without seeing an account. Um, talk to us, Elise. What's going on here? Well, definitely the landlord can't just go and terrorize people. Um, that's why there's procedures. Um, however, it's quite important to know if there's an agreement and you, you are liable to pay rental and utilities and you don't pay one of them, you're in breach of your agreement. So the landlord is entitled to proceed to cancel the agreement and proceed with eviction proceedings, even if you're just outstanding on your water payments. Okay, so Deline Bossoff, she's a person who replied to Paula. She says... Je moet moet je een brief geven, een written letter, voor 30 dagen om die plek te verlaten. Is dat correct? No, not a totally. Uh, if there's a breach, one firstly have to look at the lease agreement. If the CPA, the Consumer Protection Act, is still applicable, you'll have to give them a 20 business day letter to remedy the breach. If it's on a month-to-month basis, once again, you'll have to look at the lease agreement, what the breach clause stipulates. If the breach clause actually makes provision for seven days and the CPA is no longer applicable, you can give them seven days. To okay, remedy. so let's go slowly. When does the CPA... When is it applicable and when is the Consumer Protection Act not applicable? Go slowly on this. Slowly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, in a lease agreement, if the in terms of Section 14, it's applicable to a fixed-term lease agreement. Okay, so if it's between um, two parties and one of those parties are a natural person and it's for a fixed term, the CPA will be applicable. Okay, so when you talk a natural person, it's got to be someone who's not in the in the line of, of property letting. Is that what you really N- say? No, no, if you're an individual. Okay. So if you are um, Joe Soap, yes. <laughs> um, if there's, even if your lessor is, uh, is, a, is a natural person, yeah. but not a juristic person. So the CPA will not be applicable between ju- two juristic persons, yes. but it will be applicable if one of them are a natural person. What if the, if the CPA is applicable, what is the difference then between in the notice? Just repeat that slowly for us so we get so, it right. Yeah. yeah, so in terms of the notice, um, if the CPA is applicable, you have to give them 20 business days yes. to remedy the breach. Otherwise, the owner, the parties can't cancel. Uh, the, the owner can't cancel. And if, it's, and if, and if, the, if the landlord is a company and the, uh, and the tenant is, is, a, is a person? CPA will be applicable. Yeah. And the company will have to give the, the, the lessee 20 business days to remedy the breach. So it's only when the term. tenant is a company, then the CPA. No, if you, for example, if yeah. your landlord is a natural person yes. and your tenant is a company, the yes. CPA will still be applicable yes. in the fixed term period. Yes. It's only if both of them are juristic persons. Okay, now this 20 day letter means that you cannot cancel the lease. Until you've given that letter, how does the letter? How is it given? Is it delivered by hand, or is it emailed, or does it depend on the lease? Again, the lease agreement is your first guidance. Many lease agreements do not make provision for email, so if you don't, if you then send it by email, it's not proper notice. So if you have an up-to-date lease agreement, yeah. it will make provision for email, and you can email that letter stipulating that they have 20 days to remedy the breach. If there's no written lease agreement, it's a mere, merely an oral agreement. You'll come in and stay there for a few months or whatever, what, how does the letter get sent there? Well, um, at that instance, proper proof will have to be given. So someone's got to sign for it? Well, 
you have to sign or mm. registered post. Mm. Um, if they don't want to, unfortunately, many people refuse to sign. Yeah. So if you can make an affidavit and say, I gave it to so person and they refuse to sign for it, it would be sufficient. Or you take your, take a picture of, of you handing it over or you Selfies. take a witness or <laughs> selfie or whatever it may be. Yeah. That's, that's the end thing. This is, this is a bit off the point, but it comes from me. What happens if you are a debtor, you lost your, uh, a tenant, you've lost your job and you cannot pay your rent? What should you do practically? Practically, I think you should approach your landlord. Um, many landlords, if you've been a good tenant up to date and you go to them and you explain to them that you have a problem and you make an arrangement, they will accommodate you. Mm. Um, that has been… Uh, you, you act for some of the big uh, companies, the letting agents? That's correct, yes. I mean, how do they, when you walk in there and say, hey, I've lost my job, I can't pay my rent, do they give you time? What do well, they do? The, the first thing they, of course, going to ask you is, do you have a plan? <laughs> yes. Because they can't accommodate you indefinitely. But yeah. um, they will say, listen, uh, what, what are the steps? Um, how are you going to pay? Uh, what arrangements can be made? Um, mm. Many times, although not always advisable, they do use the deposits, especially if they paid more than one month's deposit. Are they deposit. allowed to use the deposit? Ideally, no. Um, yeah. The reason being it's there for damages. Yeah. Um, so rather keep that money for damages. But unfortunately, practice what happens on the ground. People do use it. I think that the advice that you told me before the show is people should not just stay away when they're yeah. in trouble. Please go and see your managing yeah. agent, your landlord, whoever, and try yes. and make arrangements. Generally, landlords are accommodating Yes, um, it, many yeah. people do. You remember, they, they understand things happen. And if you, I mean, we had people that you've been a tenant for five, seven years, and then suddenly they fall on hard times. Mm. They don't just go and kick them out because they know what they have in that tenant. So they would rather be accommodating for two, three months than just proceed to uh, evict them and get a new person in that they don't know. Okay, let's take another question. Gina uh, writes, well, she shared a link a few weeks ago to the Legal Talk South African group, and the link read as follows. Judges can no longer lawfully order evictions that leave people homeless. And then Yaku Miller shared another headline. It said evictions just became a whole lot harder. Now, these are all media headlines. There, there, there are tons of media headlines that resulted from the Concord case that was handed down this month. Has the, has the legal landscape changed? What, what's going on? No, to be honest, um, the court has just went and confirmed that what all attorneys should know is that there's certain procedures that has to be followed. If mm. the correct procedure is not going to be followed and the, all the uh, facts that needs to be considered, considered, um, you're not going to get an eviction. So on the ground of it, there was even with, um, in that Concord case, the big issue was that a settlement agreement was entered into and all the uh, facts were not considered. And the court said you can't just make an order of court if you haven't considered all the facts. Well, all the, was it just, just and equitable? Okay, so before a court can grant an eviction, in terms of the Pi Act, it has to, do, it has to consider the tenant and That's who right. the tenant is. Give us more information on that. What must the court really consider? Okay, so for, before an eviction can be granted, there's two things. Firstly, the procedure that has to be followed. Um, different to other acts, there is certain steps that need to happen uh, before you can grant an eviction. So before they even consider the, the facts, if the procedure wasn't followed correctly, th they're not going to entertain the eviction. Mm -hmm. Secondly, um, th because the, the act, you, you deal with human rights here. The court, the act says there's certain people that you have to take into consideration. Factors you have to consider when considering whether it's just and equitable. Being elderly people, 
disabled people and minor children. They are the vulnerable and uh, uh, women-headed households. Um, they are deemed to be the vulnerable people. Mm. Um, and they are going to be getting um, extra um, attention before granting them. Well, let, let's take it practically. There's an application for their eviction in the high court. They come along and they one of the vulnerable people. It could be one of the elderly. She's an elderly woman. She says, I'm in trouble and I... You know, my son used to pay and he's not paying anymore and I need help. How does the court practically deal with this? Or it could be a single mother with three children. What, what, how does the court see this? It, it's not just about the income. For example, elderly person, if you are on machines and you mm. have, you're not that mobile or in a wheelchair, for example, disabled, you've got special needs. So it's not going to be that easy to go find another property. If you are um, a single person, you can pack your stuff today and you're out tomorrow. If you have children writing exams, the court is not going to tell them to evict them whilst they're writing exams. They're going to allow them to finish their exams before they are going to be evicted, for example. So the, the question then is, has, have the courts now made evictions a whole lot harder as, I, as that headline that I read? Or has it always been this way? It has always been this There's way. There's no change? No change. So the court, so when you arrive at court and there arrives a single mother with three children, and you're looking to evict her because she hasn't paid her rent for three months. She says, I'm in trouble. How? What will the court do? Will he grant the eviction and stay it for a certain period? Or will he chuck her out there and then? How does the court really deal with it practically? Well, the court will um, consider, remember, just because she's a single mother with children doesn't mean that she per se needs extra time. Because if you are a single man with no children, you still don't have money. You're still going to struggle. But the courts, for example, where it's going to be a factor, especially um, during the exam times for children, um, you're not going to evict the children while they're writing exams. Um, Ideally, if instead of saying, listen, we require you to vacate the property within 14 days, We'll give you a month mm-hmm. um, to find alternative accommodation. So the court has really starting to strike that balance of being reasonable, deciding what is just and equitable, and realizing they cannot just postpone an eviction for a very long period because it has a real big impact on your landlords as well. So at least the statement that the court will not order an eviction that leaves people homeless is not entirely true. I think there's a misconception here, isn't there? There there is a misconception. One should also consider, remember the Concord case um, is not comparable the facts to your normal release agreements. So one will have to also differentiate between evictions where you have uh, a piece of land with lots of people staying there. There the court has on various occasions said, I'm not going to grant an eviction because there's no way for them to go. What happens if there's a group of 120 families that are to be evicted and they say we've got nowhere to go. Is that when the court would look at alternative accommodation and, yes. and yeah, yeah, in that kind of case? Yeah, the, remember yeah. the act makes provision and say, yeah. for example, all eviction processes has to be served on the municipality yeah. um, because they, they belong to, they have an interest in this matters. So if one foresees in such a large eviction, you should foresee that the municipality will have to go and do an investigation. Mm-hmm. The municipality to go determine, listen, who qualifies for alternative accommodation and will they be able to accommodate? So the average man or woman who hasn't paid his rent in the suburbs is going to get evicted at some point and, and no one has to find them alternative accommodation. That's, that's in essence. In essence. That's yeah. the way it is. 
yeah, yeah. unfortunately, the, the, there's a very big need for people that really can't afford alternative accommodation. If you look at um, city centre, there was a stage buildings that was accommodated by. It's supposed to be empty, but there's lots of people staying in there, and they really can't afford. They are the people that the government has to go and place somewhere, furnish them alternative accommodation. Mm. Your person that has been employed or has got family, you can't just go and say, well, you have to find me alternative accommodation. That's not the way it doesn't work that way. Mm -mm. Okay, let's take some more questions. We've got here one from Dean. He says, I'm two months behind with my rent. I'm going to start paying again at the end of the month. We've now received an email, which I underline, via lawyer that there's a court eviction and we have 30 days to evacuate the premises. I'm confused. He was, what notice do you think he was getting there in this case? He's two months behind. Well, technically, if this is the first letter he received, it might be firstly the letter of demand. Yeah. If, um, say, say stipulating them that if you do not pay, we are going to cancel and proceed with an eviction. When you get that 20 day or tenant whose in arrears gets that 20 day notice, that's when they got to run to someone and say, hey, help me. Correct. Is that right? Please don't stay away. And run off because you're going to get evicted after that. Correct, because I mean, it's, you should not act as a surprise. Mm. Remember, if the, the letter of demand is going to say, you have 20 days, if I cancel, you'd be required to vacate immediately. So technically, that is a notice saying to remedy. You know whether you're going to be able to remedy or whether you're not. So whether you have to approach and say, listen, it's not just one mistake. Um, there's bigger problems. Can you assist me? What happens if a letter is sent, the 20 day letter? The person hasn't paid for two months, and then they go and pay the two months, and then they fall in arrears again. Does another letter have to get sent yes. or, yeah, every time? Every time. So yeah. if you remedy, um, if they remedy the breach yeah. uh, and they fall in arrears again, you have to send a new letter of demand. There's no real reason for someone to wait for this 20-day letter. I know I'm going on about it, but please don't wait for it. Just mm. if you're in arrears, go and do something about it. Am I right? Absolutely, because yeah. it also re – uh, by the time that the landlord actually sends that letter, yeah. they are already upset. They're hurtful. Isn't they, they're already upset. Yeah. So their feeling was if you came and spoke to us earlier on and we could have made a plan earlier on, maybe it's a block of flats and you are leasing a two-bedroom place and they mm. can accommodate you in a one-bedroom place uh, for lesser rental. Those are things that they can accommodate you in. My question is on the legal costs. Every time the landlord does something or uses a lawyer, you as the tenant land up paying those legal costs. Correctly. Most wow. lease agreements provide for what we call attorney and client costs, which is much higher than the normal. Correct. Am I right? Correctly. So just be careful. Don't let that happen to you if you are in trouble. And, of course, interest yeah. starts to run, yeah. and you really want to prevent that. Is uh, is it more interest, or is it yes. interest in terms of the lease? It depends in terms, which. In yeah. terms of the lease agreement, many people levy it in terms of the lease agreement. Lana, I know you want to jump in. on. No, some. certainly, because I just wanted to find out uh, with regard to when you have to remedy the the, the situation. Let's say I get the letter. Do I, When you say I, you can actually go look for help, do I go look for a lawyer, or can I speak still speak to my landlord in this regard just to really remedy? Uh, remedy the situation from getting out of hand well uh, you can remember if you receive a letter from an attorney technically at that stage you have to contact the attorney directly okay. um, it, depending on what is the relationship maybe the landlord is feeling that he couldn't get hold of you um, and he's the only alternative is to get an attorney but it's um, ideally not to reach that stage uh, many landlords uh, especially if they manage their properties themselves 
they're going to send you a letter first before you get an attorney's letter. Respond to those correspondence first. Yeah, don't let it get into the hands of the yeah. lawyers because then you're in trouble. Certainly. Then you know the costs yeah. are there. The lawyers are going to ha- hammer you. Mm. It's it's uh, it's not ideal for you. I guess to our podcasters, the real situation here is that make it a point that if you fall behind, be proactive, speak to your landlord, and really try to come to a new agreement if possible. Yeah. yeah. Here's another extremely upset a poster, her name's Jacqueline. She posted on Legal Talk South Africa. She says a boyfriend of hers moved in. Oh, sorry, a boyfriend moved in with the girlfriend. I don't know who that is. <laughs> without signing a lease. <laughs> and since moving in, they've broken up. He now refuses to move out the house. What Ooh. is the process to get him out? Or evicted, she says. The police have said there's nothing they can do. The guy's been given notice many times to move out round about the last five months. And uh, he just ignores it. The only way he'll move out of the house if it's sold and he sees proof. What can be done? She says, tar at the end. Thanks. Your Lee DeWitt says, I would go to a club, offer the bouncers a thousand rand to help me move his stuff onto the pavement and stay for a cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than the eviction process. Do you have to go the normal process? The normal eviction uh, process, because if the bouncers and everybody come, um, they're going to have tea in prison, most probably. <laughs> and uh, that's ideally not the situation. Yes, uh, if there's no violence or involved or anything to that, the normal eviction process should be followed. So if you bring anyone into your house to stay with you and uh, it breaks up, it could be your brother, your sister, your boyfriend, girlfriend. You land up having to evict them as though they were a normal tenant. Yes. You're going to uh, go through that whole legal process. The whole process. We had matters where, you know, we usually say the mother comes to the brother and say, you have to help your sibling. Let, let them move in. And yes. then they can't get rid of them. Uh, have you done any of those? Have yes. You, like what kind of case without mentioning names? What? No, no, no. It's it's yeah. exactly the thing that the yeah. mother comes and say, you have an obligation to help your sibling. Please um, give them a place to stay. It's just going to be for a couple of months. And after six, seven months, they're not moving. Moving. Wow. And unfortunately, you have to start the eviction process. Elmer Taylor says, pack his stuff when he's out, put it outside in a safe place and change your locks. Is that a spoliation? Absolutely. Yeah. The law is if somebody's in peaceful possession, am I right? Or peaceful, yeah. Yeah. So you, you can't you can't lock them out or chuck them out. Yes. And, and remember, in terms of the Power Act, it also makes provision for mm. to say that you can't illegally evict because that also comes down to illegal eviction and makes it a criminal offense. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this is all cliched. You can't cut off his water lights. You can't throw him out. You can't change the locks. You unfortunately, if you're the landlord, have to go through a proper legal eviction process. Now, the question to you, Elise, you do this every day of your life. Um, how long does it take? You, an unopposed eviction should take about six to eight weeks to get a court order. People, I mean, we've heard this countless times. I've been to my lawyer and it takes me years and I can never get rid of the person. I've paid fortune of legal fees. Is that is that kind of nonsense? Yeah. Remember, the law has progressed. Um, I don't know if I say the, the process should be easy because I do it every day. Yeah. But yeah, it should not be. If you have an attorney that does eviction property, um, property matters, specifically evictions, remember a conveyancer, um, just because they're a conveyancer doesn't mean they know the litigation part of this. Mm. So make sure that you know about how to do an eviction. And then it should take about six to eight weeks. If you... Um if if your tenant pays like 5,000 rand a month, hasn't paid for two months, he lives in Santon somewhere or wherever, uh, 
Which court do you go to? The High Court, the Magistrates Court? What's the choice there? Well, you, you have the option to go to the court where the property is situated. Mm. If it's in Santon, I'll definitely go to the Randburg Magistrates Court. Mm. Your court rules are not that congested. If it becomes opposed, um, it's, it's going to be resolved much quicker than in the High Court. Mm. So cost-wise, um, time-wise, everything Randburg Court is definitely a better option. Yeah. Um, some other instances, people prefer going to the High Court where the Magistrates Court are maybe um, too congested or there's other problems there. So that is really a guideline. When somebody is evicted, what happens to their furniture? Well, the instruction usually on the sheriff, if they don't move out by themselves, the sheriff will arrive there with either police or other people to assist, and they will move everything outside the premises. So if it's a house, it will go into the street. If it's in a complex, usually it's requested that they move it outside of the complex. It actually goes onto the pavement if yes. it's a house. Have you seen that happen in practice? Well, um, we don't go there when people no. get evicted. No, I'm sure but, not. but yes, no. um, we speak to the agents and, you know, we specifically say, please move everything into the street. Uh, and they leave it there. So if they don't come and move it. Yeah. Are the people actually what picked up and kind of moved out or how do they get them out physically? Well, do, the, do the police come with the sheriff? Sometimes it is necessary, but I think the sheriffs, they sort of know how to do this. Uh, yeah. They, they, they equipped, um, if they know it's a high risk, um, situation, they will get extra assistance. But usually they've got their way of getting the people outside and just moving everything out. What happens if you want to attach some of that furniture to pay for the arrear rent, unpaid rent? How do you get your hands on that? Well, before you, uh, the, get the eviction order or mm. even before the eviction date. Remember, if you get the eviction order, it's not per se going to be the same day they have to move out. Usually they've got a month to stay to find alternative accommodation. Mm. Get your rent interdict summons, um, attach the provision and see what's the value. If it's of value, there's a way to, to, then everything will be removed except those items. Um, Try and get judgment before the actual um, eviction date. The problem with these attaching uh, of furniture and that it's the sale price that are that's obtained at these auctions, sheriff auctions, are next very to nothing. Next to nothing. Uh, we've all seen fridges and computers and all that go for for literally nothing for a few rand. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's sometimes not even worthwhile, and that's why we usually say the focus should be get a non-paying tenant rather out as soon as possible. Yeah, because then your outstanding amount is not that high, mm. and you can either use the deposit for the arrears and you limit your damages. But if you keep on chasing, many people say, "Yeah, but they got a smart car." Mm. Usually, there's finance on that car. Mm. Yeah. Um, th- there's no equity in it, so that Pe- makes it difficult. At least people are scared to go to lawyers. I mean, I've heard this from many private uh, owners of properties. They rent their house out, they go overseas for six months and they can't get paid. They're scared. What kind of, is there a ballpark figure that you can give to a prospective landlord to get an eviction order in the magistrate's court? Men of mere. Won't hold you to anything. <laughs> Plus, minus, uh, unopposed eviction should be around about 22,000. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeepers. The, the re, remember, this is not your normal application. We, uh, an eviction is basically a three-phase um, application, and, mm. and we prefer doing it on application because that is much faster. Mm. Your first phase is drafting an affidavit, and as we've heard is, it's not just I am the owner, he is the tenant, he hasn't paid. We have to address um, what is the, whether it's just and equitable for them to be uh, evicted. Mm. So you have to have a proper affidavit. I mean, if your rent is only like seven, 8000 a month and uh, you've got to pay 22000 yeah. and you use two months in arrears, 
mm. and you can't afford it, what do people do? Give well, me some practical advice. Yeah. Well, the first thing, firstly, is the comparison should never be to your rental that you're using mm. because you're not just really losing your rental, you're losing your property. So True. Absolutely. Th- that's the thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. unfortunately, what I've seen is if you lo- leave them and you do not do nothing for two months, two months become four months and six months. True. So because, I mean, anybody would like to stay for free. Yeah. Um, so... If you want to lease out your property, have a plan. Decide what are you going to do if things go wrong. Make sure you do proper vetting. Get a managing agent maybe to assist you that has got that expertise to help you put the right tenant in the property. What about the – it's been raised before the South African police, SAPs. Can, can they help in getting people out the property? No. The police will not get involved if there's not an eviction order. Um the the moment a person stays in that property uh, and the police has been really educated as well to know when to get involved and when not. Yeah. We even have seen it, uh, instances where we got an eviction order. They were evicted and they moved back in again. Uh, they found the police and the police says, no, 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 they can't really get involved. So um, I can't see phoning the police beside being Yeah, I mean, if someone's solution. got a friend in the police force in a smaller town and he rocks up there and he says, listen, you haven't paid, get out. Uh, they must just tell him to duck. So they use that term. Is that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes. Yeah, being polite. <laughs> Depending on how big the police officer is, but yes. The yes. police have got no power to evict no. you. Is that, only, is that it's official? It's only the court. Yeah. Here's another one. Um, Patrick wrote in, and he had that very problem. He couldn't get anyone out, so he took the police there, and the police said they couldn't help. And then a man replied, his name is uh, Mr. Swanepoel. He says, this is not an issue for SAPs. Uh, the Western Cape Rental Housing Tribunal can deal with this. It's a quick process, and their ruling is the same as a court order, and I have a feeling he's got it wrong. Does the Rental Housing Tribunal get involved in evictions? The Rental Housing Tribunal doesn't have the jurisdiction to grant an eviction order. Even in disputes that was referred to the tribunal, sometimes they come to an agreement and say the tenant will vacate, um, and they put it in an agreement. If that tenant doesn't vacate on that date, that doesn't equal an eviction order. Then you have to start with the eviction process. So the rental tribunal has got specific jurisdiction, and it can only deal with specific things. Like what? what? What does it deal with? Um, rental disputes. Uh, is my rental uh, – if rental is not paid, a landlord can go there. If the landlord is not doing maintenance, then the tenant can refer the matter to, to um, the tribunal. Mm-hmm. If a tenant is being unlawfully evicted, they can go to the tribunal to get a spoliation order. So those type of things, they are – Okay, so I like humiliate. what you're saying. That the landlord, the wind, broken windows, the toilet is is leaking, the geezer's not working, the landlord won't fix it. Do you go to the you go there? To, Correct. Now, how long does it take for them to do anything? Are they backed up, or what's going on in their offices? Um, you know, different offices. Um, you know, some are very backlogged, some are not that backlogged. Um, I have to say, Johannesburg uh, Tribunal has um, suddenly. Uh, Got more capacity. I think they appointed a couple of more people. But I, uh, overall, you have to see what is the dispute. Tenants prefer going there to resolve it. Sometimes that is not per se the best option for a landlord. The um, there's no cost to going there, is there? It's a government-sponsored. Uh yes, but that also means because there's no cost involved, it does take longer than anything else that gets driven. What is ha- what happens is that both parties are summoned to court to sort this out. Is that really what happens? Yeah. So the the person go lay a complaint, um, and that comp- the other party then gets informed about the complaint. They then called in for a mediation. 
they see if they can resolve it. If they can't resolve it, then it gets postponed for a arbitration and they then go into formal hearing. Cool. There's a, there's lines. You wanted to say something? Oh, no. No, I'm just saying, I'm, this is just wealth of knowledge. I didn't know many of these things. It's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Suzette posted on Legal Talk South Africa. She says, we all know that tenants are being protected from unlawful eviction. Well, that's a wrong statement to start. However, what recourse do landlords have when the property looks like below? And she puts up some awful pictures. Looks like the tenant smashed and trashed her property. This is an elderly lady's property, which she rented out. They paid her nothing and threatened her. The health inspector was called. And as a result of this, they moved to sue would be fruitless as it's very costly. But I suppose there's no other way. And 116 people clicked on on this very posting with sad and angry emojis uh, mm, no just so, to add yeah, to that yeah. it's actually happening quite a lot especially in pretoria where you find that a lot of the flats are over um populated and mm. people just really run them down just so that they pay close to nothing or nothing rental at all just so that they can actually leave for free you mean people are actually smashing and trashing exactly their property? yeah um there's one flat um a a, fl- um, a, bol- uh, a a compound of flats. It's called Tamboti. Police are even scared to go there. Sure. And every month, there are about four people who are actually being killed. As a result, prostitution, drug dealing, it's taking place and so forth. But you find that the the place is just run down mm-hmm. just so that it does not attract potential uh, tenant and people can actually start living for free. And unfortunately, the, the, that's the reality of what Twan is actually facing. But likely right now, the city of Twan is actually trying to revamp the, the, the face of Twani and actually uh, in, um, ensuring that other rental development properties are involved to revamp uh, the, the face of Twani. Good, good, good. Yeah. good but it, it's actually happening. Uh, it's, it's nothing new. I mean, if somebody trashes your property, smashes and trashes, you've, it's a criminal offense. It's it malicious is. damage to property, yes. isn't it? D- definitely, yeah. definitely. You can go and open a criminal case. Would the, do the police do anything about about that, I mean, you must see this every day. You act for all these landlords. Uh, you know, usually what we advise is it's not going to really take it any further. Um, you know, you can go open a criminal offence. If he gets convicted, even on that criminal charge, they're going to pay a fine to the state. You're not going to get any recovery of that. What is in the property market? Prevention is better than cure. Sure. So, make sure before you put somebody in. That you do the proper vetting. Do you have a lease agreement that makes provision that on arrangement that you can go and inspect? And as soon as you realize that something might be wrong, start the proceedings to mm-hmm. prevent it from going that far. Sorry, just to add to this, in most cases, because I'm actually living in a flat, a block of flats, and I, we've seen a problem where you would rent your property to somebody. This is where the owners try to really save their uh, commission for uh, actually getting a, a letting agent. They would rented to a tenant and the tenant would sublet the property to somebody else and the other person would sublet to somebody else so there's then he creates this over a, a pool of over um what's the word uh over rented property or overcrowding it within a property Elise, if if the landlord wants to evict whoever's in the property it doesn't it doesn't have to be the tenant if the tenant sublet to a hundred people down the line that's it whoever's there gets evicted in the same way yeah because they yeah. right remember you'll then proceed with the eviction against them your main tenant mm. um and you say well you cancelling all those rights um and everybody that has rights of occupation through and under you they also lose their rights what happens if the sixth tenant who's there now 
He says, well, I'm paying my rent to someone else. If you landlord didn't get it, that's not my problem. I want to stay there. You must experience Ideally, that. you will not immediately just start with an eviction process. You will firstly, if the landlord knew about the subleases, yeah. you'll have to address it. So you'll have to go and say, for example, you are, you're a sublease, uh, lessee. The rental is not being paid. So, or you, we have to change the way you are paying in mm. order for it to get to the right people. Mm. Um, or you have to vacate. So many times the people, this number six sort of realize, listen, something is not right and I don't want to be evicted, then they leave. Is it a, def- is it a defense in law for the sixth person to say, I'm paying my rent to someone else? No, if the, especially if the lease, most lease agreements do not make provision for subleases. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. and, and it's specifically for this. So, no, that would not oh. be a defense. They would have a claim uh, yeah. against the person they uh, leased from. No, so they'll get evicted even though they're up to date with their rent. It's yes. as tough as that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Before I move on, I just wanted to mention that there are legal steps on the legal uh, talk essay page, uh, uh, not their web page, their, their main page. Under the banner, the legal steps to evicted non-paying tenant. And if you want to have a look at that, feel free. I know Ray Green's gone to a lot of trouble in posting or putting stuff up on, on their, on their, on their page. So it's a legal talk essay, the legal steps to evict a non-paying tenant. You haven't had a look at that, have you? Unfortunately. No. You've started a new business, which I'll give you one minute to punt. Tell us about what it is. The the new company's name is Expello. It's an eviction management and a property uh, risk management company. So um, especially because there's many people that if you have to proceed with an eviction, where do you go? Um, do, if you appoint an attorney, are you appointing the correct attorney? Mm. There's many things that need to be managed. Uh, and this is what Expello is doing. They're taking away that, that the horror. We also want to, in that sense, Try to invite people to go and say, don't be afraid to proceed with an eviction. Rather pursue an eviction instead of a collection. Because in eviction, you get your property back and you get income. So that's the purpose of Expello. But people can really go have a look at our website. Expello, E-X-P-E. X-P-E-L-L-O. There's no E. No E. Okay. We've taken the E out for the Latin. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. The... The, the the cost will be the same wherever they go, if they go to Expello or they go to an no, attorney. No, no, no. This is a service that is being rendered. Um mm. so it's not a it's not an insurance product, it's a service. So um they can go have a look at it. It's t- totally different to an insurance cover. Um uh, you get a service to say, Okay, this is the process that's gonna be followed. We deal with the attorneys and there's other benefits from that. Cool. Have a look at it. We um, this comes from Jovine, J O V E N E. Have you heard that name before, Jovine? No, it's quite novel. She says, "I need some info. We're renting a caravan from someone. We have no agreement in writing, only a verbal agreement, etc., etc., etc." The question to you is, how does the law deal with the caravan? Exactly the same. Whether you stay in a shack, uh, a factory, a caravan, a tent. A structure that is your home. Yeah. We follow the normal process. Uh, what is also quite important, remember, does at this stage a lease agreement doesn't need to be in writing. So whether it's a verbal agreement, it's still an agreement, and one has to follow the correct procedure. Excellent. We have from Desiree. She says, my neighbors have a very high jungle gym right next to our wall with a clear view onto our property, but the kids now stand on the jungle gym, look over the wall, tease the dogs, and stare when we have people over in our entertainment area. 
Um, they also hit the electric fence with heavy poles. We make light of this and we have a bit of a giggle, but this is, this is terrible stuff this, to have a neighbor like this, a neighbor from hell. Mm. What are my legal rights? Cass Pointer, who's very involved and gives great advice most of the time or, or all of the time on Legal Talk SA, she says, write to your neighbor and tell him that his children are violating your rights to privacy, etc. And Jessica Klein says, I have the same issue. Uh, are you sure we're not neighbors? She's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that that's the main thing. That's sort of when you go next door and you knock on the door and you try to have a proper conversation um, to, to, and try and resolve it. But, of course, if it needs to be, there's an interdict that one can apply for um, for this the staring. Yeah, lines, we've dealt with this many, many oh, times. True, and, yeah. and you've told us about your noisy neighbors. You may be the noisy neighbor for them, it's, it, it would appear. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, it happens. Yeah, you get a, an interdict under the Protection uh, of the Harassment Act. Yes, yeah, the Harassment, from harassment Act. Yeah. yeah, that will give you the interdict. The problem, once you get that interdict, they become so fierce, oh, true. the neighbors, mm. that you wonder whether it's worth it. Uh, you know, you start creating a world war there. That, that also comes back again to, you know, try to resolve issues um, where you have, um, instead of just fighting or screaming to each other over the wall, maybe um, just go have a proper conversation, not be uh, – uh, aggressive uh, or attack your person but try to resolve issues there's something i wanted to ask you about i've seen them all over it's the red ants Ooh, those ones uh, who of us haven't yeah who of us haven't seen these red ants who are they uh, elise who appoints them are they private are they government what, what, who are these red ants it's yeah. a private company um yeah. that people usually appoint to assist the sheriff with uh, an eviction so they have a big lot of people that if we have to, one has to do an eviction you pay them they arrive and they assist the sheriff with the actual removing of the people in terms of the court order it's a private security company yes um, you, you prefer, I mean, they're probably quite good at what they do because they're trained to do this and maybe better than the normal security guys that roam the streets. Yes. Remember, not all security people are eviction, um, can deal with evictions. Mm. So, and it all depends on your scale. You really do not want to aggravate because usually by the time those people arrive, things are quite aggravated. That's when you, the violence break out mm. uh, and all of those type of stuff. So usually when they can, I mean, there's other organizations that can help, for example, POPs, um, that's more a community base that can help with evictions. Last question uh, we want to know from you is, can you get an urgent eviction order against someone and in what circumstances? <laughs> It all depends. This now differs a bit from province to province. Mm. Um, in some provinces, the courts are quite happy to, to, to grant an eviction order on an urgent basis, um, being that um, they are busy damaging the property. However, in Hutting, most of the people, they say all evictions are urgent yes. and they have to deal with it. There's no circumstances that could not have been mitigated if acted beforehand. So it's very seldomly that you'll get in, in Hutting an urgent order. Non-payment of rent is not a grounds for urgency. It's not a ground for urgency. If you say, hey, I've got, he's damaging, he's not paying, I've got another tenant that's waiting to pay me double the amount. That, I want it urgent. urgent. And yeah. even the suspicion. Uh, many people come to us and say, um, I think he's going to damage my property. Yeah. Everyone On what basis? That, yeah. Well, they think because he's not paying, he's probably going to trash it. Yeah. And, and people have to remember, if you go to court, that's an independent presiding officer sitting there. And he doesn't know you, he doesn't know the tenant, and he has to weigh it up. Um, if they do break the door, um, you can sue him and you can get the money back to get a new door. Wow. It's been a great discussion on evictions. 
Excellent. We've been talking to Elise LaRouche. She's a mommy of two little ones. I was asking her before the show, how do you manage being a full-time lawyer, <laughs> evicting people and being a mommy? But you Superwoman. Do. Haven't you heard of that, I have Gary? such admiration Superwoman. for these mothers. I really no, do. She, she is. Uh, she has been you, amazing. Honestly. The wealth of knowledge. It's amazing. Elise LaRue, yeah, she's of sslr.co.za and expello, sauna de e. Yeah. <laughs> Great discussion. Well. We've learned a heck of a lot today. Love this one. Many thanks. We're going to get you back and you're going to talk more about property issues and all the rest. Anytime, anytime. Good. <laughs> Lions, thank you for uh, your contribution. It's only a pleasure. It's and only a uh, pleasure. be nice to your neighbors, Lions. Oh, no, I'm Keep your music down a bit. I don't yeah. listen to music. I listen to classic music. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, from me to you, our listener, many thanks for listening. Yes. And until next time, I'm Gary Hertzberg. Cheerio. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life. With Gary Hertzberg on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.